0: Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. Today's show is sponsored by Ringmaster on a mission to launch B2B podcasts that create relationships, generate revenue, and drive growth. Ringmasterlive.com. Bam. And it's going. The train has left the station and I'm excited. I... I don't even know how to describe the guest I'm about to talk to because he is an absolute badass. He's basically off the grid. He's an endurance athlete, but you know what? He's also a marketing and sales leader. He's a partnership builder. Um, it's all about innovative thinking and just uh, like thinking outside the box and and the grid, even and and where you're at and and making these win-win relationships. So I can't wait to learn from him. I can't wait to talk to him and and really dive into what is wrong and right with marketing today. So with that, who am I talking to? Well marketing and partnerships at CrowdSpring
1: Jason buyer Welcome to the show. Hey Casey, I'm excited to be here. Love love the energy so far. I've been looking forward to this conversation.
0: Well that's cool because that's all the energy I got for today. So oh anyways, perfect, perfect. <laughs> you talk to the audience. <laughs> I'm here. All right I'll catch you later man.
1: All right. <laughs> Click
0: uh no so This is going to be fun, and I got to pass you this thing. It's heavy, but I know you're cutting down lumber out there in Wyoming. So here you go.
1: Right. Oh, man, you got the Thor hammer. Got it. You want to
0: grab it? Grab it. I got it.
1: Okay. Okay. Oh, geez. Wow. Okay, for
0: those not watching the video, he just literally backhand grabbed it like it was a tennis racket. You know, they build them strong out there in Wyoming. So, Jason, (laughs) take Thor's hammer and smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception, set the record straight once and for all.
1: Yeah, absolutely, uh, Casey. It's it's more of a controversial uh, topic that maybe we don't want to admit to ourselves, and that's uh, most marketing is just busy work. Most marketing just makes us feel good, you know, and and it's the challenge with this problem is is that there's so many things we can do as marketers, right so we've got we've got paid strategies and direct mail and SEO and then we've got all the on-site uh, optimizations we can make changing button colors which yeah. feels good to yeah. raise percentages you know changing that button and exactly and 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 the challenge with all of this is that it just most of it doesn't matter, right I'm not saying don't do it okay most marketing fails and so we've got to you know you've heard the term fail quickly what does that mean It means run the test. And decide is is there something here or not? We won't know. You know, you can't just take somebody's word that you know Facebook is dead. Well, maybe not for my industry, maybe not for my audience, right? I've got to run the test, but we've got to be hyper vigilant of the fact that these tests can get away from us and just feel like like busy work makes us feel good, right? And so the we we want to make sure that we understand what the company's core goals are and make sure our marketing strategies align with those core goals. Or else all we're doing is, is making ourselves feel good. And it doesn't matter how many email subscribers you have, how many social followers, if they're not helping that company's core goal, you're not growing. You're 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 at least not growing the way the company and the leadership has has you know laid out the growth plan. And I think there's there's two main problems. Can I get into the two kind of reasons for this? Yeah, yeah. Talk about it. I, I think the first is insecure marketers. Okay. I think the first is it takes a lot of. Uh, of of understanding, to look at yourself and to question, is what I'm doing actually effective? Is what I'm doing actually advancing the company's core goals? Because then the realization is, if you come to that answer and say, no, they're actually not, it's just a vanity metric that makes me feel good, or I'm trying to overly sell it to myself. If you come to that realization, you have to come up with a new strategy. You have to say, okay, this is not working. So what am I going to do in place of that? Yeah. And if you're insecure, or if you're a lazy, uninnovative marketer, you're you're not going to question that because there's an infinite number of metrics we can hide behind uh, to show that we're busy and that we are are showing results. That's that's the first. Well, dude, the real second, quick, before we get to the second
0: yeah. one, I have felt that I've I've been like a marketing manager at a software company, and we just did a webinar. We got a bunch of people to apply, and some wanted to talk to sales, and I'm thinking what did I even just do? You know, we were reporting our vanity metrics and yeah. I'm just part of an organization. And, and, and it feels kind of, it kind of sucks if, if, if you're not the, the, the marketer that's not paying, if you're paying attention to it, you're like, man, I, like I have friends in the Peace Corps. What am I doing? I'm like getting virtual people in a virtual webinar and they're going to buy widget. What, what's going on? So I've, I've definitely felt that before.
1: Well, and I think, you know, kind of what you're alluding to is we don't necessarily need a a cool mission. You know, I mean, the mission of Crowdspring, we're helping businesses create strong brands. And so there is kind of a sexiness to it, you know. But at the end of the day, I'm not curing malaria. I'm I'm not, you know, uh, saving anybody. Um, It's it's not inherently fun. I think the fun aspect for marketers are these tests, are these abilities, you know, you kind of flip the script a little bit instead of looking at You know, oh man, if I actually reveal that what I just did for the last month is actually not helping the company's goals, I've got to come up with something new to do to keep my job. That's actually the fun part of marketing, right? Because instead of just, you know, cold calling people, you know, where you do the same thing over and over again, following the same script, you actually just get to say, you know what? Social isn't working for us. Let's try direct mail. Let's right. try, you know, SEO. Let's try some of these other tactics. And it introduces a lot of variety to the position that you don't necessarily get in, in, in other positions of the company. Huh. So, And the insecurity doesn't really go away. Like it doesn't, right. I was gonna... it doesn't necessarily get, I don't want, you know, the, the more senior marketers here thinking, oh, this isn't for me. These are for people with, you know, marketing coordinator in their titles. No, sure. you still have to, you, you still have to innovate. You still have to follow this practice of pushing the boundaries of what's possible. It's too easy just to go to Google and find the first HubSpot article that comes up for how to get leads for your business in 2022. Oh, I made it real specific. You know, I narrowed it down to the year and it's all these generic <laughs> tactics. Way to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like when, you know, like we're going to start a blog. Because it yeah. was number three on HubSpot's list, how about we
0: maybe redesign the website one more time?
1: Oh yeah, that's a great this thing. This time to hide will be it. it's going to take about eight months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time that on it's out, we're going to change the brand again. Here's what I personally do, Casey. I've got a Google Doc. Okay. Uh, it is titled CrowdSpring Ideas, very originating, <laughs> originating. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's about seventy pages long. Uh, and not all the ideas in there are great. In fact, most of them are not great. Most of them might be the genesis of something if we brainstorm with with the team. But what this does is it gives me permission to do two things. One, stop thinking about the idea, because sometimes you just get these ideas and you just start playing with them and thinking about them and daydreaming about them. This allows me to say, okay, it's here if I need to think about that later, but I can stop thinking about it for now. The second thing is it creates this cycle where innovation becomes a little bit easier. You just start thinking more innovatively. You start looking at somebody else's tactic and you say, huh, maybe there's something here. Let me put it in my ideas. Let me come back, Let me nurture it later. Right. But this 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 realization that, you know, I have this myself. I'm, it's not like a, a humble brag or something that most of them are not good. No, most of them objectively are not good <laughs> in right. this document. But it gives me permission to just think and, and to not uh, not be the self-critic too early on. But just to start, start innovating, start thinking about unique ways to solve the challenge.
0: Love that, and and you can. I'm mean, sometimes just getting it on paper, right? Then we don't doesn't have to. We're not thinking about it all the time, like to do or an idea. Just write it down, and and then sometimes if you ask yourself questions about it, it can help you filter it out. You know, do I want to bounce this off people or not, or should I just keep this on the on the idea list? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Man. Okay. So we know this happens. We've got insecure marketers or we're not sure if we're contributing. Most marketing tactics we're just doing busy work. How do we bust out of this? What, you
1: know, we've talked about, you got to get strategy. You got to align to the goals. What's the first step? Well, the first step, and and this is, you know, whether or not you're, everybody has a leadership quality within them, right? It doesn't matter how low your job title is in, in the marketing uh, uh, organization at your company, uh, you know, you can have leadership on your own, right? You can, you can volunteer to say what we're doing, what I'm assigned to do is not working, but here's how I think we can do something different. If you're actually in a leadership position, you want to, you want to cultivate um, this with, with the team. And it starts with understanding what's the company's core goal. What what are we trying to do as an organization? Uh, you might not know that, depending on your on your position. But if you're in leadership at that company, you need to make sure everybody on the team knows what is the singular focus. And it's got to be something that can be tracked. It can't be something as nebulous as increase customers. Increase right. customers by how much? How quickly? What types? Uh, you know what sectors? But when you boil marketing down, when you boil business growth down we're really just trying to do three things we're we're trying to increase customers yep. we're trying to increase retention and we're trying to increase lifetime value that's it i mean it's it's not that complicated and so we have to understand what's that goal what which one is our company focusing on based on where we're at right now and then how can we help contribute to that with our our marketing strategies and so this was the second you know reason i think that we have this this problem of of busy work is that leadership needs to understand this. The marketing leadership needs to understand this. And then we need to challenge ourselves and our team when we present the findings from our marketing tests, right? Because if we if we understand the premise that most marketing is going to fail, most marketing yeah. won't work, uh, you know, we're running quick tests. We're trying to understand when somebody comes to you or you, you come to yourself and through this realization and say, okay, I increased social followers by X percent, great. How did that help our company's core goal? How yeah. did we advance that? And it's not a, you want to create a culture where that question is not directed at somebody, but it's it's a conversation with them. Let's decide, did this increase our core goal? If it didn't, can we? Can can we make some changes? Uh, that's where you have a bit of a pivot within the test. Or are you at that point where you say, you know what? You know, beyond an infinite budget and an infinite amount of time, this tactic's not working. It's not necessarily your fault, but let's move on. Let's pick something else, right? And so creating that culture that everybody understands marketing is probably going to fail. We've got to run quick tests. That's not an excuse for lazy marketers. It just means we've got to be more innovative and we've got to focus on the goal. And when you start having these conversations regularly, it just becomes easier because now before a junior marketer or anybody on your team presents their findings, they've already filtered it through the how did this help our company grow, right? Because that's what we care about, especially now at the end of the year, we're kind of looking back saying, okay, you know, what happened? Did did we reach, you know, kind of the goal we set out uh, or did we not?
0: You know, I'm so glad you brought up the culture too, right? Because it's not enough that you've tracked the stats, but if those stats come out and you start making excuses, you don't want to hurt people's feelings, you're taking everything personally, then you start... You know, mushing the results all around, and then you're not really learning from them or making any changes. And it's like we're taking out that personal side. This is a test. We, to your point, we expected it to fail, or we figured some of these would. Or at this least we're okay is. with it failing. We're okay we, with know, it, right? Yeah. yeah, we 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 knew some would hit, some probably won't hit because we're gonna try a bunch of things, and so. We can be open and honest about it, it's not going to hurt anyone's feelings, we can have those conversations. It's not like, you know, Jan was really pushing for this one thing, and oh, your thing failed, you're terrible. It's like, no, we somehow, but like, what is it that sometimes we, we hold on to these programs as like our babies instead of our
1: test things? Well, yeah, and that's why we, we want the baby that we hold on to to be the actual company, right? Yeah. We want to empower everybody at the company to take ownership of the company and to say, look, we're, we're all trying to grow this together, you know? And so it's not necessarily, you know, I'll give you a personal example. I yeah. put off doing webinars for years, right? I just figured they were kind of the boring Salesforce style where you're eating a sandwich and listening to somebody click through slides. And I'm like, I don't want to do that, right? Right. And, and we kept running through different tactics. And we said, you know what? Okay, let's run a test. You know, we won't know until we try this, but let's commit to doing it differently. And so the way I did it differently was joint venture relationships with other companies. So I got companies, you know, like Constant Contact, 1-800-ACCOUNTANT yeah. uh, deal, which was valued at a billion dollars, you know, and got them to promote the content so that we get, you know, thousands of followers or thousands of people engaging, made it very interactive, and uh, it was in that sense a success, right? We, we flipped the script. We did something much more engaging than your typical webinar. We had lots of feedback saying, this is great. Uh, I enjoyed it because I like talking about marketing and branding yeah. and educating. But the result was it took a lot of time and we didn't see the immediate conversion that we could see in other tactics. So, you know, this was, you know, quote, my baby, you know, in that like I, I you know, put the program together, let it, was ultimately happy with it, enjoyed doing it. Yep. but I had to say, you know what, my true baby is the company is the right company. And so what I really want to make sure is that is this helping our core goals? Is it doing it in a way that again, without infinite time and infinite resources, uh, it can actually advance what we're doing quickly? And the answer was no, I think we can do something something different instead. And oh, so man. you want people to feel empowered to you know want the company to succeed rather than their individual projects.
0: I nailed it with that one. The company, it's like putting the team before yourself, uh, but being in a place where it's safe to do that and and exciting to do that because it's the team and the team is awesome. You're not just like CYA left and right, like a right. giant
1: enterprise sometimes gets. Exactly. And, and well, this is hard because you have to, as a leader, you have to kind of give up some of that, that credit You know, I mean, you know, what's the saying is as leaders, you know, you, you, you accept everybody's failures and you, you give all the credit (laughs) back. Right. And so it's kind of not really an envious position and in practice, that's what you want to create. You want to create this where everybody realizes that, you know, the company is what we're trying to advance, not our individual uh, projects.
0: So true. So true. Killer, man, shifting a little bit. What do you think about, what do you think about events? Because we've talked about. A lot of useless activities. Where do you put events in your mind? And then also, are we getting back on site? Are, are, did, did COVID killer events? Are, is there anything coming up that you're excited for?
1: So this can be short because uh, I'll just be honest, it's not a real focus for Crowdspring and and nor for my my focuses. Was it before and
0: not anymore or just
1: never once? No, we never, never really had that. We we created more of a self-service platform. Uh, you know, we, we want to make sure that you can you can come and you can launch projects at 11 o'clock in your underwear, you know, and that you don't have to talk to somebody like me, but yeah. we have customer support. 7 days a week if if you need it to launch you know your branding projects and so you know we we do i guess the events that we would do is more webinar based and education focused you know where you know, we're, we're trying to teach, we're trying to explain, you know, how to create a strong brand. Yeah. Uh, we work with thousands of agencies. So we're helping them understand how to uh, grow their agency without the capital expense of hiring uh, branding and design specialists directly and, and mm-hmm. how to communicate to their clients the importance of branding. And so it's more education focused, less of, you know, when you said events, I went right to kind of the, you know, the big conference rooms and, and handing out um, uh, your your business cards. But right. no so it's more of a more of an, uh, an educational focus. I mean, where it's going I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I think you know, look, personally, I'm I'm more introverted. I'm in Wyoming. I don't want to leave, you know, and yeah. so, you know, I like, you know, connecting, you know, like you and I where where we can see each other and and talk and uh but, you know, I'm not really interested in in getting together with a bunch of people that uh, may or may not be able to 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 help the business. I did hear a, a great strategy from from a, a partner. I lead partnerships at marketing, and so uh, I lead partnerships at CrowdSpring. And uh, I heard this great strategy from from one of our partnership conversations, where he went to one of these events where you know you pay a couple thousand dollars to have a table and talk. And uh, he did all of his legwork leading up to the event. And so what he did was he booked sixty meetings that are going to last about 10 minutes each. Everybody knew it was kind of like a quick date, you know, that you're yeah, going to totally. sit down at the table and we're just going to meet each other real fast. And I thought that was a really interesting hybrid strategy where you get that kind of one-on-one interaction, but you are also already at the event. Because the nice thing about events is, and I know this from being in a a tourist location outside of Yellowstone, is that we change our habits when we're in a new location, right? So when we break Mm -hmm. out of our our homes or our offices or our cities, we're open to trying new things, right? And so whereas before, I might not take a 10-minute meeting with you, hey, if I'm already at this conference, and you want to give me a coffee, and we'll sit down, and then I can tell my boss that, yeah, I, I met with somebody, uh, you know, that's, that's a win-win. And so I thought that was an interesting strategy kind of in the, in the event space.
0: Yeah, that is, that is. Well, like who, who are you? Who are you thinking about <laughs> little Jason? Did you know you're going to be talking about, about brand and marketing and, and, and running partnerships and, and hopping on podcasts left and right when you're a kid?
1: Right. What was yeah. It like? You know, I, I was raised in a house that encouraged curiosity. Right. And so like we, uh, me and my my brothers, we we watched the movie, you know, The Great Escape and where they're tunneling out of the concentration Such camp. A great movie. We go out in the backyard with our shovels and dig a giant hole. The problem is this is in Florida. Our <sighs> soil is, you know, sandy. So, I mean, this this was- The water level is like right there, right? Water, it's... yeah. We we were going through the water, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's all about curiosity, I think. And I think this is why I'm kind of drawn towards marketing partnerships is because- you know, you, you hop on a call and, and you start asking questions, you start digging deeper, you start seeing, okay, how can we, um, you know, how can we work together, you know, I'm trying to understand the intricacies of their business instead of just selling because, you know, much like a marriage, in a partnership, I don't want to drag you into that relationship, it's not going to work, right? And yeah. so I need to understand, you know, your company and your goals and to see if there's a fit, you know. And so that's very different than kind of a sales mentality where, yeah. you know, you're you're trying to push for a specific outcome. Whereas marketing got a lot of tools in your arsenal about how we can work together.
0: Yeah, so true. So true. So who who would be the ideal customer for CrowdSpring?
1: So it's very broad. Uh we we created this with the idea Whoa, whoa, of affordable... whoa, it's
0: broad? Are we gonna have okay. to have the like the niche down lecture at some point.
1: Well, you know, we niche <laughs> down in, in in our education and our conversation. We just attract a broad audience to gotcha. different areas, and so typically, it's a small business owner, right? In in any industry, whether they're you know uh, running a plumbing business or they're a lawyer, and they're they're trying to look for affordable branding. But then we also work with thousands of agencies who are working with these clients as well, and so we kind of tailor the the CrowdSpring conversation differently to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we work with a fair amount of you know Fortune 500 level companies where one they appreciate our privacy policies and our commitment to uh, intellectual property, and so you know they'll they'll post projects uh, through their innovation centers where like we've had a chance to work with Barilla pasta to create a new pasta shape, right? Mm-hmm. Not much innovation in pasta shapes over the past couple hundred years. They wanted to have something you know kind of unique to talk about, and so it's it's a it's a fun style to be able to work with a variety of different companies. And I think this comes because we have thirty three categories of branding and design. So we're hitting companies as early as the company or product naming stage where you get to see the you know company or product at its earliest phase. They don't even have a name yet, uh, or you know much much more mature companies that are rebranding and refreshing and looking for innovative ideas. Got it.
0: Got it. Well, I have a hypothetical question for you.
1: Okay. I'll give you a hypothetical answer.
0: okay. I, I may or may not have a time machine here in new hampshire so you come visit you know ride your buffalo on over here you come visit and we get some lobster we get some beer and you get to use the time machine but it's a particular kind of time machine it goes back in time a few days after graduating from college that younger you you get to meet yourself and you can tell yourself anything you want and it won't create flashpoint it won't break the time space continuum what kind of things would you tell yourself
1: all right. That you you've thought through how to how to go back and fix problems pretty uh pretty easily. Uh, you know, I think the first thing to mention is that if you're not embarrassed by yourself, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you're you're not growing enough, right? You need to be, you need to be pushing yourself, or at least that's my opinion. Maybe maybe you're maybe you're comfortable where you're at, but you know, I really want to be uh embarrassed might be too strong of a word but i want to look back and say you know what that clearly was a younger version of me i've learned a lot since then um and and so i i think it's getting back to this point that it's you don't have to feel insecurity about failure you know failure you know figure out how to fail uh, uh quickly my first my first startup was right out of college and you know i was naive and i was excited and uh, of course it was going to work this was during you know like the app craze so you just you built an app and they will come and so um you know, it's, it's certainly okay to be naive. I think that that helps you move a little quicker. You know, we know as we get older and we have more responsibilities and mortgages and families that, you know, we start to take, a, you know, a cal- more calculated risks, but we, we totally. want to make sure that, look, it's okay for failure. Um, and, and, but I'd say, you know, fail smaller, you know, find ways of learning without, you know, spending a lot of money and a lot of time you know because right out of college that was you know that was one of the challenges is spending a lot of time and money on something that that ultimately failed i'd rather get to that realization you know quicker
0: totally across basically every possible life thing it'd be great to find out if it's working or not yesterday rather than you know 9 months from now
1: sure Absolutely. I mean, there's, we like to think we could learn from other people's mistakes, right? Isn't that like the goal, you know, you read a book and like, you know, let them make the mistake and you learn from, it's almost impossible, right? We have to make the same mistakes. So what we can control though, is how quickly we come to that realization that we're making a mistake and to make that change, right? We, We want to avoid years and thousands of dollars. And,
0: and quick, quick, fail fast, right? Fail small to your point. And then iterate and change and and don't keep doing the same thing right but actually learn from it and do it differently the second time exactly amazing oh man uh
1: so you mentioned the lobsters over in maine am i bringing uh rocky mountain oysters from uh yeah, I from, from maybe, our you know, maybe from you, our you could area? bring
0: some like uh your ribeyes, you know or the elk oh actually some elk yeah get some yeah. elk over w- were we talking about like hunting you yeah, we, you go yeah, like bow it- hunting right
1: I do. Yeah, I'm surrounded by eight million square miles, so it's a lot of elk hunting territory out here.
0: So you're, so you're like the Wyoming Joe Rogan.
1: Yeah. Yep. It's uh, it's nice. Exactly. Here. Exactly, Casey, of... just like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Minus the billions, but yes. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Huh. how long have you been doing that? How long have you been?
1: Like, so if, it was. It took me three years before I got my first elk. It's it's very difficult. Look, when somebody says they elk hunt, you know, like a couple questions maybe to kind of preface, mm. you know, kind of what they're doing. And the first is, are are you hunting with a rifle or a bow? You know, both are you know both are 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 strong sports, but the bow you're doing a lot more stalking, and you've got to get you know within forty feet. You know, I mean, you're a lot closer. Um, are you hunting on private land or public land? You know, so we right. hunt on public land. Uh, and, you know, the pressures are harder, you know, that's not like a farm with, you know, grain that they're feeding their cattle that the elk are eating, you know, there there's environmental pressures and predators, you know, they're making that much more challenging. And then maybe the third question is, you know, is this is it grizzly bear country or is it not? You know, Rogan typically hunts, you know, down in uh, you know the 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 lower Rocky Mountain areas, and there's no grizzly bears, right? And so you don't have to worry about you know hanging your your meat up in a tree. You don't have to worry about getting mauled when you're hunting. Whereas that's what we're doing here, so it just makes it a little bit more challenging. And uh, and I like that challenge. You know, yeah. as, as you can probably guess from our conversation, it's it's uh, it's a fun challenge. It's like hiking with a purpose is how I look at it. I love hiking, but, but bow hunting is like hiking with a purpose. So I don't go into it, you know, three years to get one elk, um, you know, it wasn't like this huge setback or disappointment. It was like, okay, I was hiking with a purpose and I didn't get it this year, <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, but it's coming. And I mean, I,
0: I've seen shows like meat eater and it, there's just a lot of hiking and but maybe one day you'll. You'll be in the right spot. And right. Yeah,
1: I was trying to, cause we have, we have all of our elevation trackers and, and I was trying to figure out, you know, the other day, like how much we climbed in the past couple of years. And it was a roughly around like 500,000, uh, 500, feet of elevation gain. And that's not even including all of the loss. Cause you're going up and down. So, you know, yeah. we're, we're climbing five, 10,000 feet, you know, to get to high elk country. Yeah. And maybe you don't get anything. Maybe you don't um, get anything, right? <laughs> but it does.
0: It does make it more fun. You know, when I, I took up ski patrolling, same kind of thing happened to me for skiing. Where it's like, well, I could just ski and see how many runs I can get in, do the math around that. But sure, you know. But then it was like, oh, now I'm skiing, but I'm also there's like a layer above it of well, I could help somebody out with it, or I,
1: you know, something could. Yeah, happen. it turns into a little bit more altruistic. It's like, yeah. what am I going to see today? You know, yeah. like which conversation am I going to have? And right, yeah. right.
0: Yeah. right. Plus yeah, it's also a, a
1: lot less awkward to walk into a conversation, you know, with somebody when you're wearing ski patrol, like, yeah, you, know, you get to have <laughs> a lot of conversations where, you know, your badge kind of leads the way. <laughs> totally. And you can,
0: you could just ski right to the further line at the left too. Yep. Cause you know, safety first.
1: So. The last time I went skiing was, uh was in Switzerland and it kind of, kind of killed it for me with, um with skiing because it's I like, bet. man, this place is just like gorgeous. It takes us like an hour to get down the run. Yeah. <laughs> <I bet. laughs> It's like, yeah.
0: That's the thing, though. If you're like, "Hey, one more run," okay, now you're you're guaranteeing <laughs> yourself the next half an hour to hour of you gotta you gotta work it now. It's not like, "Oh, let me just do a quick little run here." And right, like you're in it <laughs> exactly. And and rescue on those is like, okay, we're gonna call that five thousand dollar helicopter to get you down.
1: So I actually have helicopter insurance. Do you? Uh, yeah, that's a thing out here in in the in some of the rural Rocky Mountain states. Uh, because, you know, it's just a lot faster to get to the hospital. I mean, when you're talking life and death situations, yeah. so uh, we pay it for the family., uh, it's a yearly rate, and they'll land in the yard <laughs> and pick me up and, no and take the hospital they'll they'll come into the back country, you know, if there's a if there's a problem out there. so
0: huh, so that's even even just civilian wise, like even at your house, they'll they'll come. Come and land out there. Yeah,
1: I I don't think you can order it. So it's not like, hey, you know, like uh, I got a splinter, and I'd much rather you know take <laughs> like the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, it's it's you know the triage nurse that you know that that the answers that call. You know, where they're trying to make that that decision based on where decision. you're at and and resources. But interesting. Yeah.
0: You know, I can't I'm say I'm,
1: I'm not a little excited to, you know, maybe one day experience this uh, from the business model perspective. You know, that's why I want to ride along.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, of course you can analyze it and, and look at all the bells and whistles for sure. Exactly. I mean, it seems
1: like a great job,
0: you know, like, yeah. a, like a flight nurse. Yeah. Let me just, one of the guys that goes down on one of those, um, you know, wires to like grab someone and package them up and bring them up.
1: Seems exactly. Like fun.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's a good side job, you know, a little side hustle, you know, on the weekend.
1: Exactly. Well, it's an interesting business model. I mean, the way they're able to aggregate, you know, you're playing off of fear. So, you know, the chances that you're going to need a helicopter rider are probably slim. Um, but, you know, the there's a high risk and and a, a high penalty. I mean, if it's tens of thousands of dollars for a helicopter ride. And so, you know, paying the little bit, you know, per year makes sense. And you aggregate that with thousands of people and you have a business, you yeah. know, that uh, works out well for everybody.
0: Yeah, 100%. New Hampshire, they have a, uh, if you're a If you're a dumbass and you get rescued and it was your fault because you wore, like, I don't know, jeans and flip-flops up Mount Washington yeah, um, and it snowed, uh, they'll charge you for the cost of rescue unless you buy this little, like, hike-safe card for $10. In which case, okay, dumbass excused. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) Nice. So, again, playing off that fear of, well, maybe think twice. How about you just do both? Bring the right equipment and you buy the card,
1: now you're really good. Exactly, exactly. Well,
0: where could people connect with you? What are some good sites, some good URLs, you, Crowdspring, how do we get in touch?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if you need to reach out directly to me, it's Jason at CrowdSpring.com. Happy mm-hmm. to answer any any questions to, to help you uh, in your business. We have a, um, a, a brand identity grading service at CrowdSpring. It's completely free. It is a 10-page custom report. It's done by a human. It's done specifically for your brand, specifically for your business. We grade your brand identity on a scale of uh, a, a 0 to 100, and uh, we provide specific insight that we think you could update on your side. And, and, and for those listening, I mean, a brand is every single interaction that somebody has with your company. That's what a brand is. The brand identity is everything visual, right? And uh, so this okay. is your logo and website. And so we specifically look at kind of the visual components of your brand and, and provide some insight. So uh, you can reach out directly to me, Jason at Crowdspring.com. And we do a lot of education. If you're If you're thinking about, you know, your brand and your brand identity, crowdspring.com forward slash blog. We spend a lot of time and energy on educating around this topic.
0: Wow. Wow. Sign me up, dude. I'm kind of scared to, to find out, but I know I need to, I need to find out right. what my gaps are. You know, right.
1: We're, we're gentle.
0: That's <laughs> okay, much like yeah. this
1: conversation. It's <laughs> <That's>
0: good. <Yeah. laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on here um, and, and, and teaching me and, and helping dispel the myths around just, getting busy getting busy to try to you know make yourself happy as a marketer we got to get strategic and man i really appreciate you coming on here
1: perfect casey it's great to be here thanks for having me
0: absolutely and for those listening if you learned something and i freaking know you did because i got pages of notes over here i i can't help but learn on this podcast then share this with someone else one person three people nine thousand people be a thought leader that's how you do that you just get good information in other people's hands so with that jason thank you again
1: Thanks, Casey.
0: All right, everyone. This has been another crazy, cool, exciting episode of the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will see you all next time.